Welcome back to the EAHC YouTube channel. Uh, it's episode 10 of the podcast. Um, thank you all for a lot of a lot of uptake recently, a lot more um, views. Our views are up. We gained 15 subscribers last week, which I know sounds uh, sounds like a small margin in the grand scheme of life, but I was quite proud of the fact that we gained so many subscribers in a, such a short period of time last week. So this week we actually have a, a topic of discussion. It's myself and um, CJ will be joining me again. Say hello, CJ. Hello, everybody. And the reason CJ is on is because it was, I believe, something he wanted to talk about. Um, mm. And Jack is away this week. So it fitted in perfectly that we had this one on the back burner. And because Jack's away, we can now use CJ's uh, topic of discussion and have him on mm. to help discuss it whilst Jack's away. So we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about uh, magic in the meta. And we've got a few questions uh, regarding magic in the meta. And then I guess what meta lists have. It's kind of a meta slash magic, meta magic um, topic of conversation. Now, for me, I haven't attended many competitive events this year in regards to top table competitive events. But luckily, CJ has. So he'll know a bit more about the, the, the wider meta, whereas my meta is a little bit more focused um, to our local league events but uh, it's still all all relevant and and um and hopefully we can give you a bit of insight your idea siege where do you want to start hi everybody so um yeah i mean i might even just dip into over the weekend um i got put on to play against jay claire and we had basically a mirror match um but he had bilbo i didn't um so i had lake town and it was con- contest of champions um, and so the rule I got caught out on was I want a heroic move off. I got Gandalf to play snooker with his back line and send a guy into his bard to knock him off his horse. That's great. Um, but then I basically almost like, um, an NFL peel where they sort of open a corridor in the middle of the lines where I was holding back his troops and I sent my bard straight into his prone bard. Okay. And then he said, right, I'm going to Sorceress Blast one of your troops out of combat and hit your bard. I was like, oh, I had no idea you could do that. So you can, uh, you can blast people out of combat. I thought once you were in combat, you were stuck that way. But that's fine, because I picked that up and I managed to use that to unseat a Boromir um, in a future game. So I think a lot of people are still getting used to um, the new... There's a lot of new spells in this edition. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest change, I think, is the proliferation of uh, ring rates. Because in the okay. previous edition, they were airdropped into everything, and I used to as well. Nice little Shadow Lord on Felbeast, because monsters were far more devastating because they had the ability to hurl with the you know the accuracy of a ten pin bowling player, and, and then... the, the spells were a lot more. Um, what's the I guess stronger. Yeah, Ed Ball on um, one of the episodes of the Entmoot, um, I think it's the Desolation of Stockport episode here, I'm plugging Harry Parkill's podcast. Okay. Um, but he, he said, he was asked, why don't you use the Flying Circus anymore? Why don't you use multiple rates on Felbeast? And he quite nicely put it as, well, monsters can't hurl in all directions anymore, so that's a bit weaker. Transfix... Um, doesn't have fight value and attacks anymore, so that lever's gone down a bit. Most of the wraiths can't strike anymore, so that's you know obviously a downer. 
Yeah. Um, he used to have the Undying as his general because, as the name suggests, it wouldn't die. But yeah. now, now that heroic tears are a thing, that means he can't take the Witch King anymore. Of so it, it's a case of a lot of small nerfs to that list have um, made it less viable. Mm -hmm. And also, there's the if you're trying to resist a spell and you get a natural six, then you get to keep that will. Um, but probably the biggest thing for Wraiths is um, the sap will change. Mm. Um, not only because it used to be uh, D3 plus one or D6 plus one. Now it is uh, D3 will for normal and D6 for channel. But the big mm. issue is that it's gone from a three plus up to a five plus. So as Ed points out, if it's that difficult to cast, why don't you just use Black Dart? Uh, I, I agree. I mean, I I, um, I agree that all the spells that were a lot more prevalent previously and the way you sapped will previously is, is very different. However, I'm still an advocate for a cheeky little ring wraith, and I believe that you can take a ring wraith at any points because you can make a really cheap one and have it as a bit more of a support character mm -hmm. or um, something that I've liked to do myself is use um, the Mouth of Sauron because... Mm -hmm. When he runs out of his four will points, he's still, you know, uh, three attack on the charge, strength four with a two-handed sword, um, fight five Numenorian. Mm -hmm. um, and the sap will thing, I completely agree that you might as well go for other spells or, you know, you go for the, the easier spells that they might use one will or two will to resist. Like Drain Courage is a really good one for that, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the Numenorian frontline with Moran and supports, that's something that I've, I'm looking at using a bit more prevalently because mm -hmm. they, need the, they need their will or they need their courage, rather, to actually charge your warriors as well as potentially your heroes if you've got a ring ray for or the Mouth of Sauron because they all cause terror. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the, the magic itself is very different, but I think if you are prepared to sort of... I mean, last event I completely threw by testing stuff and it was... You know, it kind of worked. It kind of didn't work. I had some some positives with um, the Shadow Lord was still good. Did I notice I'd spent a, a bit? I spent four will on on his Pale of Darkness or Pool of Darkness. I forget the actual name of it, but that four will saved me from I think it was maybe twenty odd bows. I think I lost three models to shooting in four rounds of shooting. Uh, whereas not having him there. I'd have probably lost a lot more models to shooting. So I think it's still, I think my opinion on magic in the meta, uh, somewhat limited because I haven't been to any um, massively competitive events this year, is that it's still very useful. Uh, but it's more of a support. There's no, um, I think someone's asked this question later, but there's no sort of instant win with magic anymore. As you say, in the previous edition of the game, you'd have, any ring wraith on a fell beast was really good even mm -hmm. the ones that cast spells on plus one higher because they're not from mordor specifically mm -hmm. but even then they were still very good in combat so it kind of made up for it but i think they're still very good they just ha have to be used a little bit differently i agree magic's probably a little less aggressive with maybe the exception of wrath of brune and, and nature's wrath which themselves mm -hmm. just got walloped a bit but what you uh, a huge meta component was sorcerer's blast because that yeah. ability to just line up a shield wall and just right i'm casting on a 
to get Gat Saruman the Wise sprinkled into just about any uh, good army, and he's casting Sorceress Blast on a four with a re-roll yeah. um, to car. It was just awful. But now it's a little simpler. It's You get one model who goes back into one other model, so yeah. now you, you've got to be more strategic about it, so maybe you can knock over a banner bearer so that he can't um, influence the fight. Maybe you want to send somebody into a mounted hero, as I was describing earlier, and just yeah. knock him off his horse. Yeah, it, It's no longer the kind of huge damage output that it used to be, which is probably as well, given that Saruman now in an Isengard list still keeps his uh, 4 plus Sorceress Blast. That's a separate topic in, in itself in that um, people were pointing out in the previous edition, why is Saruman a worse spellcaster once he becomes evil? And so they've uh, they fixed that. So he's quite tasty now. Yeah, I think he's very good in that list uh, for his tier, um, certainly at certain uh, a higher points level. Currently, we don't have many Urukai or Isengard heroes, sorry, Mm-hmm. Other than I think it's Lurtz who's Valor as well, I believe. Yeah, so Saruman's Legend, Lurtz is Valor, and then the rest of them, as far as I can remember, are Fortitude. Yeah, so the Shaman. Of course, yeah, which is nice because, you know, Urukai, um, although they're not the most expensive uh, troops in the game, it's nice that if you invest those points in Saruman and probably Grima, because I don't know mm-hmm. why you wouldn't take one without the other, but. Um, it's nice that they have that that hero of legend in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other magic. What 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 do you think? Um, being a bit more of a tournament goer this year than me, mm-hmm. what sort of um, magic in the current meta is almost an auto include? What would you consider to be uh, auto includes in the current meta? So, if you uh, we'll do, I guess we'll do good and evil because obviously there's some casters that don't apply to both. So, sure. Uh, well, first example for evil is uh, Fury, which used to be really, really nice um, and very frustrating to play against. So I used to like doing a goblin mix grill where I would have the Moria with the goblin town with the goblin mercenaries. Mm. And that was fine because Fury affected all of them. Yeah. Uh, so they're all auto passing. They all get a six plus save to wounds. Mm-hmm. Or if you channel it, which you almost always do, because you've only got a 1 in 12 chance of failing it on two dice, you do the channeled version, and it's a 5-plus save, which is yep. enormously frustrating to play against, because the point of goblins is, well, they're cheap and they die quite often. But well, they're really good for the Goblin King. Yeah, exactly, because then the Goblin King's got a 3-plus blubber save, he's mm-hmm. got a 5-plus fury save, and then he's got a fate point. Yeah. So unless you had Orchrist or Sting um, or Glamdring, basically I was you know, not taking wounds for anything. And that meant the safest place for the Shaman, who had a spear and was able to support models with larger bases in the previous edition, you'd stick the Shaman behind the Goblin King and it goes around as a nice four attack, fight six monster. With Burly. Uh, with Burly. Weapons. Yep. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, I, I also used to champion that list quite a lot. Um, the the goblin, the goblin mix match, but um, not anymore, obviously. No. So fury, uh, so fury was obviously a lot better, but you still believe that it's very much part of the meta currently. I think it's essential if you've got courage. Two is so unreliable. Um, mm. 
if you're trying to charge terrifying enemies and then um, you've got heroes like Galadriel, Lady of Light has a minus one harbinger effect right. and, now, and now so does the King of the Dead. So yep. if, you're, if you're playing goblins against the Army of the Dead, you are effectively courage one, everything's dying on threes, yep. um, it's kind of hopeless. So you absolutely do need a fury um, to be able to charge reliably. And it's more important now because of another point I was going to move on to, which is good side um, aura of dismay. Yeah. Which So Radagast has it, Kurdan has it, and uh, Thranduil with his crown has it. I'm sure mm. there are others I'm missing. But, it, but up until very recently when the FAQ um, made Radagast's Nature's Wrath less overpowered, you were seeing quite a lot in the meta of a Kurdan and Radagast combo, and I'm guilty of having tried that out as well because it's quite yeah. a it's a potent combination. You've now got a terrifying front line on a five plus, and because Kurdan's got free will every every turn, you can just throw a dice at it every turn until you get it before the lines clash. Or if you're desperate to get it up turn one for contest of champions or something, you just right. Well, I've got four will in the store. Here's three dice. I've probably got about a 70% chance of getting a 5-plus on one of them. Mm. So Kurdan probably still is sprinkled around because in this new edition, he's now got Blinding Light, Aura of Dismay, Aura of Command, which is useful if you tie that in with, for example, Lake Town Guard, who are Courage 2. I played against that last uh, December in the league finale. Um, you played that against me. Uh, I use survivors of Lake Town. They're a bit, oh, they're yeah, a bit okay. tiny bit different, but yeah, same same idea. Uh, and his fourth spell is Enchanted Blades, which is you know great fun, especially if you get contest of champions where you've got Radagast as your as your um, leader. Because then, like, right, I'm going to roll for my Enchanted Hedgehog to beat you to death. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Kurdan's um, profile from old addition to the new is uh it's amazing for his points he's amazing in my he's, opinion he's gone from never used to oh god he's everywhere so <laughs> yeah this is a little bit good um so you would say aura of dismay is another spell that's mm. very much prevalent in the meta well calamedans just came second at Ardacon using mm. a, a kind of battle of five armies uh, themed list where he's got Thranduil on Moose with Spooky Crown, uh, Thorin on Goat with three heroic combats and a load of Iron Hills Dwarves, and then a Lake Town Militia Captain with mm -hmm. five might because Alfred's there. And so, nice. so, so he's got numbers, he's got um, high defense guys to go in the front as they march up so that he doesn't get shot to death. Mm -hmm. um, but chiefly, he's got these expensive models which now all cause terror. Somebody did quite an interesting study on what models were sort of best for their points value. Okay. Um, there's a spreadsheet, it's somewhere on the GBHL, and it basically came out as the sort of best value troops in the game were, right. were high elves that were under the influence of Aura of Dismay and Riders of the Dead. Interesting. Uh, Possibly because they're terrifying as well, but also they get the knockdown, they get all the cavalry bonuses, and they're wounding on courage. So maybe, and their horse is defense six. Yep. So very interesting. Yeah, elves used to be a little bit easy to roll over, but now you've got Curdan providing this amazing magic support, and all mm. of the lords of the west 
are really difficult to deal with for different reasons. Yeah. So el- elves have really but, benefited from new new meta magic. Which, to be fair, they should be good. Like, they like elves. They should be good. Yeah. As, as in, they should be competitive. Sorry, not they are a good faction, but they should mm. be a competitive army. Is what I should have said. Yeah. They still struggle um, to wound stuff sometimes, but every elf has got an elven blade to win the the fight rolls with, and then they can go two-handed and they can faint because the spear support is also fight five. Mm. So once you start racking up those, um, they actually do get a little bit killy. It's also the king's guard. Um, if you take Gilgalad, that can mm. fight six elves potentially as well. I mean, Gilgalad thankfully can still linking it back to magic be shut down with transfixes because he's got three will points and that's that's your lot but let's face it if he had fortify spirit as well as glorfindel then there'd just be no stopping him yeah no glorfy is very very good but he doesn't have the agalus agalus spear agalus agalus i don't know how you pronounce it either but the, the spear is 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 a lance but it's it's nasty um, shout, so, shout out to Tom there because Tom Minard loves to play high elves, and he often has this debate as to whether to go Gilgalad for the Killy power or Glorfindel. And I point out to him, if you've got Glorfindel and you've got Curdan casting enchanted blades on him every turn, he's he's Killy enough, you know. And he's cheaper. And he's cheaper, and he can't be monstered to death, and he's resistant mm-hmm. to magic with fortified spirit. So. I had the same discussion with uh, Kieran Hatton at the uh-huh. um, stand, men of the, the event he won in Harlow recently, mm-hmm. where he had um, Gil Galad and Ellen Deal. Um, and I suggested that he swaps Gil Galad out for because he, he, he in the final game he came up against three ring wraiths mm-hmm. um, and he lost all of his heroes very quickly. Ouch. It's only because he had Kingsguard who were uh, fight six. Um, and the strength four Numenorians, and he was able to sort of make little mini captain tag teams of fight six, strength four, uh, yeah. and he actually turned the game around. But I said to him, if you had Glorfi, you might not have lost Gilgalad and Elendil so quickly, because obviously you know he has the the two dice to resist plus his will. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're all over the place, a little bit off topic. So so far we've got Fury. And mm-hmm. uh, Awe of Dismay. Yep. I'm looking in the book. Another one that's changed a little bit is Call Winds because you used to see um, Stormcallers dropped into a lot of good lists. Um, and on a 2+, plus, they could just, you know, I'm going to fart your guy to 2d6 in that direction. Say goodbye. But now you have to do Channeled for 2d6. And on Normal, it's 1d6. I might be wrong that that's changed. On a 2+, plus, that was just a bit too reliable. Although, saying that, now that it's a 3+, plus, I haven't actually seen anyone use a Stormcaller since the new edition. Uh, no, neither have I, to be honest. I've uh, not been to many events, but obviously our local events, we have uh, a few elf players, Jack, Tom, uh, Ben, mm-hmm. and I don't think any of them have used a Stormcaller. So. Banishment here is also one that's... Um... It's not introduced because Galadriel, Lady of Light, used to have it. But if I remember rightly, Ed says that it's now tripled. There are three profiles with it. The only one I can remember off the top of my head is Gandalf the White. But that's very, you know, if you pack in a ring wraith 
then you're in trouble because it's an automatic wound to a wraith which is otherwise you know pretty durable so i had a game recently where i was playing my harad list against mm -hmm. gondor and i got to the end of the game and i said to him why didn't you try and banish my betrayer he said oh can i do that yeah gandalf the white's got it i was thinking the whole game gee i'm thankful you're not uh banishing my wraith because that's pretty strong there are only one wound and only two fates so if you don't resist it you can be in big trouble pretty quickly yeah i mean again that's another thing we're going to talk about this a little bit later on that certain profiles have had uh, an additional spell or uh, slight tweaks to their the wording of some spells that does make them a little bit better in my opinion but mm -hmm. if you're not overly familiar with every single profile that they currently have available then it is something that you might just miss like we're going to discuss with um which spell is it uh collapse rocks that's the one collapse rocks we're going to discuss that later but yeah as i say like until i saw the the question and me and you discussed it earlier just briefly mm -hmm. i didn't even know it was a thing because i'm <laughs> not overly familiar with gandalf's profile so it's an easy mistake to to miss one little addition to a profile, um, such as an mm -hmm. extra spell or, or a slight changing of the wording of a spell. Mm -hmm. So we'll get back on track a little bit. So would mm -hmm. you say that there are any other spells that are uh, auto-includes in the current meta, other than Fury and Awe of Dismay? I mean, the ability to transfix is still really good, because if nothing else, you're still limiting the damage output of a hero. So f from my experience of the meta uh, mm -hmm. at, at a local level, because I haven't been to... The only GBHL event I've been to this year, I didn't take any casters. So <laughs> I can't really comment on the, the, the mega uber competitive tournament scene. But from a, mm -hmm. a local standpoint, having two transfixes in my list is something that I've been trying to go for. Uh, mm -hmm. With the mouth and a wraith or... Um, well, yes, generally a mouth and and the wraith because they're the only ones. They're the, it's the only army I've really used is is Mordor, but it, it not only gives your opponent something to think about in regards to positioning of their heroes. It also means that you are if they're resisting one and they might roll a six, but then you go for it again, and you are eventually going to get their will down to the point where they can't resist you anymore. So it's a lot easier to do the spells you might want to do, such as a black dart or I don't know, a channel transfix because you've now got their will down. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, transfix again, I think is still very good. It's not mm -hmm. as good unless you channel it, of course. Um, but with most wraiths and the mouth all being too might, other than the Witch King, obviously, is, mm -hmm. is something that you, you'd only want to do when you've got all the will gone so that you can guarantee the actual effect of the channeling. And then I bring in Gandalf with his strength and will. And his uh, Protection of the Valor, which is a nice new spell, um, okay. which I, I use quite a bit over the weekend. This power targets the caster or a single friendly model within three. Mm -hmm. This this target may not be targeted by an enemy's magical powers or special rules for this turn. Oh, wow. That's really good. If you channel it, it affects all friendly models within three. But um, where I was using that at the weekend was, yep. for for example... Oh, I forgot to use Alfred's uh, special rule this turn, and he's got Legolas on his side. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast Protection of the Valor onto Alfred. He now can't be targeted by Legolas's awesome. um, super yeah. ar super archer thingy, whatever yeah. it's called. 
Um, and that's really nice, especially if you've got Bard on the front line and you're relying on him to have a relatively high damage output. Or maybe you want to protect one of the girls because there's Sam Huddy and his nasty black darting habits. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Strength and Will is also quite a nice one because Gandalf, once you've cast Terrifying Aura, um, and then if your opponent doesn't have a ranged threat, you don't need to be casting Blinding Light. So then you've probably got a turn or two before the lines clash. Yep. And so you might as well just have Gandalf go on a free dice. I'm going to try and strengthen Bard's will. And then by the time the lines clash, suddenly you've got a five will Bard. So good luck transfixing that because he's also got six might thanks to Alfred. And that came in really nice when I played Angmar on the fourth game. Okay. Um, because suddenly he's got the tainted two Barrow Whites, and they're all trying to cut Bard down to size. Mm, with Paradise. Yeah. Mm. But then I can just go, protection of the Valor, you can't touch him this turn. Here comes the heroic combat. Would you say that if you have a list that a Gandalf is available, that he mm -hmm. that's, that, that spell is an auto-include in either a Minist... Is, does Gandalf the White have it as well, or is it just Gandalf the Grey? Gandalf the White does not have protection of the Valor. Okay. He does have strength and will on a three plus though, so that's better than Gandalf the Grey. Right. And to be honest, you can use Gandalf a bit more offensively against ring wraiths because you can just cast banishment instead of protecting um your guy. And uh, and Gandalf the White has two attacks. Yep. So would you say from from his pool of spells, are any of those an auto include if you can include them? For the grey or the white? For for both, but just discussing magic uh, meta the ability to because most things are going to have at least one killy threat um the yeah. ability to transfix those is really important so i think it's worth having that spell if you have easy access to it so transfix and or immobilize yeah okay fair enough so we've got transfix and or immobilize fury mm -hmm. or of dismay and I guess we'll talk about Nature's Wrath and Wrath of Brunei next because they were extremely, extremely dominant before, um, having been to Articon this weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, there are a lot of lists with with those spells in, in the lists. Didn't play a single one. And okay. um, uh, I know that one of our teammates, Tanya, uh, was going to have Arwen in her Rivendell list and then the FAQ came out and she said, oh, well, never mind that. I'll have uh, Eristor instead. Interesting. Okay, interesting change. So you feel like those that that FAQ has because me and Jack discussed this on the FAQ video, mm -hmm. um, and then a few people actually commented saying having that three-inch area effect actually makes the spell better because it's harder to resist. So do you yeah. feel that the FAQ hurt the spell or? Do you feel that FAQ made the spell slightly less effective in terms of range, but more effective because it's harder to resist? What's your opinion on on the nerf to those two spells that are very similar but slightly different? Okay, so um, I did play Kieran um, at an 80-point event a couple of weeks back, and okay. he, he had Elrond and Arwen in his Rivendell list, and um, the TO said... Uh, we're not going to enforce the FAQ because it came out two days before the tournament. And Kieran, to his credit, um, actually put a post up saying, look, guys, there's no point in me spamming um, a spell that I'm not going to be able to use it like that ever again. I want to um, play fair and use the new, smaller 
range, which we all thought was a really sporting move on his part. And so, so, so just props to the TO for not suggesting that he changed his whole army list two days before. But then, obviously, mm-hmm. well done to Kieran, as you say, for for playing it in the way that it, he was going to have to going forward after that event anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's so that, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, so then I ran into him on the final game, and I had Harad, who obviously defense four, so Ratha Brunin's like, oh no, this yeah, is going to hurt. Could be quite grim, potentially. Yeah, so it was exactly as you describe. Um, I had, oh, I can't remember what on earth, it was domination, that was it. Um, and so we deployed pretty much in each other's faces immediately. Right. And um, I didn't want Suladan to be in the firing line because he's only five five and these elves will win on a three plus because of elven blades yeah so i i had him kind of stand behind the lines and be a six inch banner and then i had the betrayer who for no reason whatsoever would you want on the front line fighting so suddenly that meant i've got a two inch deep um it's not a shield wall because none of the harad have shields but you get the idea yeah and so that meant that um Elrond, who was also, he he kept him one row back for the first turn, okay. so so that even if I charged in, he suddenly got a three inch sweep with Nature's Wrath, and he was doing the same with Arwen. So okay. yes, absolutely, it makes it harder to resist, and it's still knocking down, you know, a sizable area. It's a six inch diameter circle, so especially still... with, with two of them. Mm. So he. He got one off with Arwen, um, and I deliberately kept my wags 10 inches back um, so that they wouldn't be affected. And then I engineered a situation where I attacked the elf on the end of his line with Guritz and three wag riders, heroic combated around the back and killed Arwen before she could do any more damage. Nice. But, but yeah, it's um, that if, I, if it wasn't so difficult to deal with then i probably wouldn't have bothered with that maneuver because mm-hmm. there's no way of resisting it otherwise yeah because um, guritz has got one will point on him so so sorry yeah so from that example would you say mm-hmm. that it's the, from the faq would you say that the spell is is better now or 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 worse or is it just a bit more situational like we've seen other spells that have been uh, slightly edited from the previous edition to the current edition have they just brought it in line with what magic should be? Or do you think it's been too far and it's now not really viable? Well, the lack of Radagast at Ardagon was um, quite surprising. I even looked over at Ed Ball's Rivendell Knight list. So up until now, he's been doing Arwen, Radagast and Elrond. Mm-hmm. And it means that um, if you if you win the combat, you can stand up and that's it. Um, but it also meant Radagast could hover around the back and mm-hmm. just sort of you take the charge and then Radagast just walks up and goes nature's wrath everything falls down yeah. um you can't do that now because the range of Radagast isn't isn't large enough so maybe we'll see less of him around um that's unless... interesting though because he still offers a lot i, I assume he has a mobilize because mm-hmm. he should yeah. uh he, he still has he's got loads of stuff panic steed is um, i think what you're after yeah, Panic Steed. I couldn't think of it. He still has Panic Steed. He still has Aura of Dismay. Yep. So it's very interesting that a player of Ed's caliber would drop. I mean, maybe it was the. It was 750 points, right? 
Yeah, he's now trying out um, Saruman in that list instead as part of the White Council um, alliance. Okay, interesting change. But I just think it's very interesting that the slight slight changes to one spell has meant that he's dropped something that he's been trying all year to try something else at arguably one of the biggest events of mm-hmm. the year. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. Because I, I initially said to Jack, I don't think it, uh, I don't think it is as good. But after, you know, the example you just gave, where you had to uh, set up differently, deploy differently, potentially, and um, really consider how you were going to deal with a three-inch bubble as opposed to a six-inch bubble, I actually think it's probably as good, and maybe even slightly better albeit it's a little bit more situational now and you have to be a little bit more careful with the positioning of not only your heroes that can cast that spell um, but also you know where that three inches gets in terms of where their heroes are I actually think it's it's possibly as good if not slightly better yeah I mean possibly the biggest difference is now you can't use the three of them together to uh, make your entire army lie down every turn I agree you can't necessarily do that where you'd have Literally a, what, uh, 6, 12, 24, like 36-inch line of, haha, you're all on the ground. But you could certainly have a concentrated area where you position your troops and then you you make a really big hole in someone's army very quickly, potentially. Mm -hmm. Well, the FAQ, uh, the blog on the community that came with it, said um, they want to sort of encourage the spellcasters to... Uh, be nearer the front line so I actually thought at the time hmm I wonder if we're going to see the bunny sled um, make more of an appearance because if you're forcing Radagast to go to the front line in order to um, make this the spell effective then yeah. uh, you know give him six attacks on the charge whatever it is well uh, yeah I mean I would always I think you should always put Radagast on some sort of mount um, mm-hmm. I think he's just much better so I believe if he's still the points he was in the previous edition, you're either paying 10 points for a horse or 40 extra points for the sleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's really good on the sleigh. And as me and Jack discussed in the previous, one of the previous podcasts, I believe it was prepare for battle, maybe four or five. Having him four attacks because of the sleigh, five attacks on the charge, six attacks because of Sebastian, mm. is incredibly good. at five, He's a really good, reliable troop killer, in my opinion. Uh, albeit it's a little bit harder to manoeuvre the sleigh around how you might want to, whereas having him on horse um, gives you a little bit more freedom in terms of how you can manoeuvre. But I think, you know, for 40 extra points uh, compared to the horse, I think the sleigh is incredibly good. The only worry with the sleigh for me is that um, it takes one hurl or sorceress blast, and that's 40 points wiped out. I agree, but if you have him on a horse anyway so it, obviously it's it's a game where you don't want that to happen your opponent might want that to happen but if you've had a decent charge and you've killed four or five models and mm-hmm. then you've heroic combated and potentially killed four or five more not saying you'll do that every turn but potentially you know you probably on a minimum of a heroic combat i think you probably quite comfortably kill six models mm-hmm. uh, provided your dice are somewhat average six attacks doubled you could, I think you can easily kill three models, one combat, three models, the next combat. If you then lost your sleigh, it's annoying, but you've already made those 50 points back. But yeah, so that's, I just think that's very interesting that 
uh, player of Ed's uh, ability and quality would change his list for the biggest event of the year just because of the FAQ. It's very interesting. To be fair, um, it, it basically walloped his entire strategy. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I just think it's... it's um, obviously, it's good that we're having the FAQs twice a year because mm-hmm. it, it keeps the game fresh and, and it keeps the meta fresh, which is always nice. But I think the timing of the FAQ when there's a big event not too far away um, is perhaps something that should be looked at in terms of the release date for the FAQ or release the FAQ and say it's effective from such and such a time rather than here's an Mm. FAQ, here's the biggest event of the year, here's that list you've been using all year, now you've got to change it up. Uh, I think that's a little bit... Yeah, I felt a bit sympathetic for Ed on that front, especially as he was playing in the the International Masters tournament. Um, And so the list he's been using for the last year has suddenly changed dramatically. But interestingly enough, the FAQ also hit um, Red Alliances, which is what won the event in the end. What? Uh, okay, so what? Red, so we're, again, we're discussing magic, but we'll we'll go off on the tangent. So yeah, it was sure. a, an impossible ally that won Articon. Yeah. So off the top of my head, Goblin King, Grinner, um, Golem, lots of goblins, Goblin Mercenary Warband, a Shade with an Orc banner, and the Spider Queen. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, even I can though. See why that's very good. That's yeah. disgusting. And that came first, yeah. Because um, wow. the, the changes were sort of to do with when you're considered broken or whatever. But all it meant was basically the Angmar warband was the shade. And as far as I can remember, one banner. So you can't break it. Um, and the same with the Dark Denizens list. You just The Spider Queen is on its own. So you've got to kill it to break it. I mean, it's only three models, though. Yeah, it was the Goblin Town hoarding out, and they were reading out the lists before the final, and he was just reading, Goblin King, 18 goblins with picks. Grinner, 12 goblins with picks. Golem. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible soup combination. But Golem's math- great in that list now, with the changes in the FAQ. Absolutely, because... Um, with- Straying even further, but the reason I lost to um, J. Claire um, or, uh, at the weekend, probably not the only reason, is Bilbo, uh, who I completely underrated as a because yeah. uh, I thought if you're running a Lake Town list and you've got the option to spend 90 points, I'd rather have Legolas as right. a green as a green ally. But um, how, now he can move through everything that ability to just bard will charge in with fight six yeah bill bilbo will sneak around the back and now whatever it's fighting is a maximum of fight five yeah it's, it's going down oh yeah it's very it's a very it's a combination that i think i've discussed in our group chat with the the goblin town list with the king and then having Gollum do the exact same same mm. trick because then again the king is fight six um and then Gollum goes in and whatever he's fighting is maximum fight five. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Bilbo yeah. has three might, three will, resistant to magic, three fate, can lead 12 Lake Town militia. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got strike. He's got an elvish blade. So, um, oh, of the two, Bilbo's definitely better. Yeah. It's not, not that the, I was just discussing the, the actual ring rules itself. Yeah, I was comparing him to Gollum. Um, and oh, final point, he never um, rolls a one or a two for the ring. He's okay. just 
he never has to roll for who's got control of him. Oh, because he's got, yeah, his rules are slightly different, aren't they? Yeah, it has not awoken or something of that nature. Yeah. So I'm going to try Bilbo uh, oh. in the future. We'll see what happens. Uh, so magic in the meta. Have we just? Have, is there anything else you wanted to? Any other points you wanted to discuss regarding it, or do you think from from our from the conversation so far, I think magic is still uh, is extremely useful and it mm-hmm. definitely has a place within the meta. But yep. it, with the recent FAQ and the changes to the spells from one edition to the next. It's perhaps not as uh, I don't want to say game breaking, but it's perhaps not as um, game changing from game to game as it was in the previous edition. But mm. it still is extremely useful in the right circumstance uh, with the right spellcasters. Is that fair to say? Yeah, requires a bit more finesse, probably. Yeah, to use now. Um, flicking through just to see anything else drain courage we touched on especially if you're in an angmar list it's just oh i'm not going to bother resisting drain courage but then it builds up very quickly Mm. um enraged beast i think is a little bit different now because um i think it used to be uh fight strength attack and courage were all bumped up by three that's now the channeled version they all go up by two as a Moria player, I've I used to think Drizag was is ninety points for five shots at a three plus spell, and then yep. you've got a big issue with Moria is the inability to pull things out of line. So you right. don't have compel, you don't have a fell light is in them. So you need to engineer a situation where you can isolate an opponent's model, and then you need to win the heroic move off. So right. I thought Enraged Beast probably not very useful but then james wilson lent me the models for a ehc tournament and now it's just yeah i've got a fight six spider with four attacks it's coming for you and it rerolls wounds right rerolls ones unless you um unless you've got ashrak and you upgrade them to venom back spiders right um flame burst now that they re-release kardush is a pain i was uh, looking at kardush because i have i got him in the may to order uh the previous one and uh, for the GBHL events prior to my suddenly buying and painting up a Corsair army, which obviously got leaked last week or the week before, uh, leaked by me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was looking at Kardash and I just think he's really good. He is. I mean, you consider Saruman takes a five plus to cast flame burst. The fact that Kardash, this minor orc shaman, yeah. can go, right, I'm going to drain... I'm going to get more will out of this orc, and now I'm going to two dice fireball you. Um, and it's especially because Kardash works as well if you've got a wraith in the list. We're back to double casting. So yeah. you, you can go, right, there's Bard on his pretty horse. He's charged in. I'm going to flame burst the horse mm-hmm. and force Bard to spend will resisting it. If he doesn't, great, dead horse, probably. If he, if he does, then uh, he's spent will, and now the ring wraith can go transfix, and he's not doing anything. Mm. and then when the ring wraith runs out of will at the end of the game Kardosh can just go right here have d6 will back yeah and sacrifice himself yeah he's such a good profile for 60 points and a hero mm. of fortitude and a hero of fortitude which and, is massive for a shaman and the ability because now you can't leave a banner on its own you've got to surround it with other stuff because otherwise mm. Kardosh is going to 3 plus fireball your banner and there it goes Next one I was going to 
touch on was Fortify Spirit, which is um, so I saw a list run by Jacob uh, Krokmal. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's from Poland, and he had Boromir um, and a few other hitters from the Fellowship, and then Galadriel, Lady of Light, as well for Blinding Light, and nice. her, her ability to just go here's Fortify Spirit on Boromir. So suddenly one will Boromir is pretty much impervious to magic and he's going yeah. around hacking everything to death. I actually, uh, um, I actually just received a uh, in-blister-mounted Fellowship Boromir. Um, I got it for a really good price. It wasn't something that I was A, looking at buying or B, have any intention of using in the, in the, in the near future. But for the, the price I paid which is probably the price it was when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a nice model. And to have the old blister, it was worth it for me. So well, There you go. Team him up with Galadriel and just have him munch got, through everything. I've got a Galadriel. I might have to look at that. Yeah, it's still fit. I've used it a couple of times um, with the Ringwraith and I believe the Mouth has it as well. It's, yeah, it's it's nice that you've now sort of got a spell to represent the Shrieking Wraiths, which mm. used to be um, in the old uh, Blue Journey books, where there was a rule about this turn, all your enemies' courage drops by two because the Ring Wraiths are doing their Shrieky thing. Yeah. But you watch it in the film and they do it, and the and the soldiers clasp their hands over their head and they run away in fear. And I yeah. think this is, this is quite a nice little spell that they've written in. And it can be extremely situationally good. I've had it used against me by um, a betrayer on Fell Beast. Um, right. And because within 12 of the Fell Beast, everything drops their courage. So my courage to Lake Town were yep. being forced to run in a certain direction, which yep. then opened up a flight path for Bard and his girls for the Fell Beast. Nice. So you can, you can use it really sneakily it's not one you see very often but when it does happen it can be really devastating yeah definitely so one that i didn't know about which will take us on to sam huddy's question Mm -hmm. uh, was my opinion on is it break rocks you said it was called fall yeah collapse rocks collapse rocks so me and cj i wasn't aware of the spell um not familiar with gandalf and i've not read every spell in the rule book because not that it would take me an excessively long time it's just if i look at the spells i have and i'm not sure exactly what they do i'll look at that specific spell i haven't sat and read every single one Mm -hmm. um but we were discussing it and uh i agree with uh if you want to share your opinion siege and then i'll share my opinion afterwards so just for the listeners who may not have run into it because it's i think it's unique to gandalf the gray and the and the situational nature of it means you might not even know it existed. So this power targets one enemy model within range. This power may only be cast on a model that is within a ruin, stone or brick building, cave, rock pile or similar terrain piece. Uh, the, su- the target suffers one strength, five hit. And if you channel it, all models, friend and foe within two inches of the target also suffer a strength, five hit. Mm. The problem is it casts on a five plus and so does Sorcerer's Blast which also does a five plus hit and it allows you to knock over something else behind it. So basically what I was suggesting to Josh earlier is the only time you would use it is if you wanted to do a wound on something, but not move it away from Gandalf, maybe towards an objective in domination or something. 
Mm. Uh, apart from that, you might be in a situation where you've managed to coerce your opponent's army into into walking through a, a ruin, and then you just go, I'm going to do heroic channeling, and they go, oh, I wonder if he's going to transfix my hero. Nope, I'm going to collapse this nice terrain piece on all of your models. Yeah, so essentially what we discussed was if your opponent puts themselves... Uh, what, what, Sam's original question was... Um, he wants to know my opinion of it. Uh, my opinion of it is it's very good uh, for certain situations, uh, either the ones that CJ described, basically. Uh, and he said, and he asked, when would I use it over Sorcerer's Blast? And exactly what CJ said. So if you wanted to wound a specific model, but not make it move away, so it could be in um, in a combat already. And then, you know, you, you don't want to, you might want to, I don't know, say it's Lords of Battle, for instance, and you've got mm-hmm. your hero in there and you want to get the might point back, but you want to guarantee the wound, uh, the kill, sorry. Um, you'd hit it with the, the, the big rock and then, you know, it's easier for your hero to then kill the other hero, potentially. Mm-hmm. Or the, the scenario where you've managed to get your opponent into a choke point and they might not be familiar with the spell because I wasn't, hold my hands up, had no idea what it was. And then you go, yeah, so from him... Uh, it's a strength six, two inch bubble. Did you say? Mm-hmm. If you channel it, so you've potentially uh, strength you know, five, but yeah, oh, strength five. So you know, if if it's most things, you're probably wounding it on most heavy armored things. You're probably wounding them on fives, mm-hmm. um, and if it's less than that, potentially fours or threes, depending on what it is. So I mm-hmm. think it's it's very situational again, like most spells that we've discussed today. But I think it's very good. So that's Sam's question. We're not on the Q&A section yet, but that was just something that while we were discussing um, new spells to the game that CJ's going through the list, that's just one that I remembered mm-hmm. while we remembered. The only other thing I might point out is um, Shatter from a Black Shield Shaman. Okay, has that changed? or It's not changed as such. If you channel it, your opponent takes a strength six hit, which is... You know, I'm probably never going to use that. Right. But um, the ability for a goblin army to shatter the enemy's banner is yeah. huge because um, if you're rolling two dice with a lower fight value against two dice with a banner re-roll, yep. you are probably going to lose about 70% of those fights. But suddenly you shatter the banner and suddenly the odds even out a little bit. And then yeah. maybe you've got a, a drum as well. So suddenly you're rolling more dice than your opponent. Yeah, I think the Goblin Drum is, is really good. It's expensive, but it's, it's potentially really good. I think we've covered the the topic that we were discussing some depth. Have we missed anything, guys, or there's anything specifically that you wanted us to discuss regarding magic in the meta? Leave it in the comments or put it on the next Facebook post and we can come back to it. It's just, just to cover the whole of the... We could potentially be talking about magic for hours and uh, mm. it'd probably get a little bit boring so we'll go to the q a slash uh, comment section from the previous video and from facebook because people have left comments and um although i said we're not going to do the facebook posts i think some people just don't comment which is fine it's absolutely fine but so we've got a mixture of both i've gotten both up the first <laughs> first comment is one of my own because i wasn't here last week and I did actually comment on the video, so I'm not going to read my own comments. That's completely pointless. Mm. But Tom Ramsden has asked, question for the next episode, 
How would you go about defeating a Return of the King Legion with a low-courage evil army such as Mordor without necessarily having something built into your list to counter it, like a Shaman or a Warhorn, for example? And then, other than playing... Uh, let's do it, or break it down. So, that's the first part. Uh, without having something right. built into your list, like a Shaman or a Warhorn, for example. Um, well, you're probably going to have more models... So you mm. should get plus one courage anyway, unless you're using uh, one of the Mordor legions. But even then, you're going to go from courage two to courage three, back to courage two. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very without having a shaman or a warhorn. Well, I, I guess it depends what points you're playing at and what else you have in your list. So when people leave these questions, I'd sometimes like to know what points level they're thinking of so that we can actually mm -hmm. give examples. But if you can afford it, maybe something to kill the King of the Dead. Not that it's easy to do, but... No. Um, uh, a Black Numenorean frontline um, probably helps because they're Courage 4 base, and that's about as good as it gets with um, Mordor. So I pl actually played against Dan's Return of the King with Black Numenorean front line. So I had 12 Black mm -hmm. Numenoreans in my list. And yes, I, I had more models. So I went to Courage 5 and then back to Courage 4. But oh, the army meant... bonus. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, you know, you have the army bonus without a Warhorn. Potentially you have Courage 6 Black Numenoreans um, mm -hmm. with both options. But obviously that is a little bit pricey then um, because the Warhorn is 30 points and a Black Numenorean is already 9 points. So you're looking at... Uh, 39 point model um mm -hmm. which for just a troop is a little bit expensive but he has asked specifically not to have so i would go with black numenorians or potentially morgul knights are they courage for base yeah and the other thing i might suggest is um whether or not to use moranans over normal um because you they're gonna die on the same dice roll um so you might as well just Hoard out, yeah. Because you get the re-roll of ones to wound as well while you have more models on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can still take um, model orcs with picks. So yeah, you can still you need get strength to strength four. four. Yeah. Um, so if you weren't to add a shaman or a warhorn specifically, I believe even or model Urukaya courage three, I believe. I could be yeah. wrong on that though. So potentially picking some of the models that are slightly higher courage initially and then hoarding out your spear supports with cheaper mm. orcs so that you keep your numbers up because you bought a slightly more expensive front line yeah um, and you they're also whether you've got numenorians or mordor urukai they're fight four so you'll be out fighting the army of the dead which means they get less chances to kill you which is you know See, where I went wrong is I had a warband of Black Guard because I was testing things, and at 12 mm -hmm. points a model, I had five of them. I lost four in one turn, Ouch. Uh, <laughs> which was... It was painful and expensive um, in terms of points um, and ha buying the models, but that's that's redundant. So, yeah, uh, Black Numenorians, Morgul Knights, Cheap Orc Spear Supports. Uh, if you can take a Shaman, I don't know why you wouldn't, but probably Kardush because he's better. Yeah, uh, because then he could bring a warband of Black Numenorians with spear supports. So it, it it doesn't make sense not to take a shaman if you're gonna if you know you're playing a, a king of a, 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 a sorry a return of the king legion, you need a shaman. It's a must. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just not going to get to charge. Uh, you will with the Black Numenorians, to be fair, because I 
didn't fail too many, but if you don't want to include a Shaman or a Warhorn, Black Numenorians, Morgul Knights, maybe Urukai, or maybe look at, I guess, your Ring Wraiths on Fell Beasts, potentially? Well, I was just looking up Return of the King in my book here um, to see, because a big part of that army is the Aragorn Banner yeah. and the King of the Dead Harbinger of Evil. Yeah. And I actually thought, well, if you've got something that can transfix them and turn those abilities off, that might be a big plus. I believe Harbinger is passive, and I believe the banner is also, but I could be wrong on both counts. Yeah, so that's the first part. We've given you some examples of things you could try. Mm-hmm. Um, Wraiths on Fell Beasts, potentially, because the Witch King can deal with Aragorn, and mm. a normal Wraith on a Fell Beast can deal with the King of the Dead, in my opinion. It'd be a, a difficult fight, but if you can transfix him so he can't strike, then it's down to a, a, a dice roll-off, essentially. But you have more mm. might, so... How about uh, a Moomag? Tusk yep, weapons, fearless. You just win the heroic move off and you just go ploughing through everything. He has asked for a mortal list and uh, Harad are a green ally. So yeah, you could do that. That would work. So then the second part to his question, other than playing the scenario, is it best to focus on killing Aragorn to prevent the endless might slash priority slash the banner or mm-hmm. B, focus on the King of the Dead to get rid of Harbinger, instant kill orcs or C, avoid those two and try and kill as merit see trying to kill the warriors does kind of work to an extent but they're very hard to kill especially with shields yeah especially if you're only using the models we said above because they're strength three yeah, yeah the morgul knights have lances so potentially it's a little bit easier but uh... well, we mentioned piercing strike orcs you might as well piercing strike because they're wounding on courage and not yeah, defense no reason so why you wouldn't piercing strike so yeah you might yeah. as well um but yeah, the uh, I knew immediate. Sorry, I knew immediately when I was playing against Return of the King that Aragorn is the thing you want to take care of. Um, it's so, just so good, and he has a four yeah. plus kill stick. Like I don't know why you. For me, there's a hierarchy to that list. You probably want to do it in the order that he said: Aragorn, mm-hmm. then the King of the Dead, then try and kill the warriors. Yeah, uh, obviously not having Harbinger, it still makes them hard to charge because they still cause terror, but it doesn't make it almost impossible on two dice mm. so especially if you've got more models you actually you know average on two dice is seven so you should you should make most charges and don't be afraid to shield off the army of the dead if you've not been able to charge and then they outnumber you in a fight just focus on surviving for that guy yeah just shield yeah it makes sense if you've got a spear support i guess it doesn't really make a difference but no oh, yeah yeah um, okay, so Paintbrush Pirate, which is mm-hmm. James Richardson, for those that oh, don't know, hello, James. who just hit a thousand subscribers. Uh, congratulations, Way. James. This is your episode 10 shout out because it's a running meme at this point. Hmm. Uh, his, current, uh, his current abandoned projects are all over the place. He keeps saying he's going to expand on his Rohan and Isengard armies, but never gets around to it, probably because of painting models for me. Uh, he's also got a Mordor slash Baradur and Riverdale armies that he needs to finish. Uh, and he's commented, he's commented on the format for the league finale, which they discussed um, in the last episode, the the sort of hobby uh, ramble episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for the league finale, you could do Swiss rankings for the day. And then if you're left with a tie for any of the podium positions in the final league table, 
you've <laughs> he's put force, but you encourage those people to play oh. off against each other, i.e. first versus first would decide second and second versus second would decide third. Um, right, okay. Well, it's kind of a conflict of interest for me to be commenting on what I think the um, format of the league finale should oh, be. You can give your opinion. I gave mine. My opinion was four games at 600 points is easily doable in a day. Anything mm-hmm. higher than that will take a lot longer. In my opinion, regarding the scenarios for the league final, I think pairing the scenarios and making it random keeps it fair. That was my opinion on the event. I mean, when I was asked about it by friends, um, (laughs) friends in the league, I suggested that um, when you play the GBHL, and I went to the league finale last year, Mm -hmm. um, there's not a huge amount to play for in the sense of the players that are there are looking for the last tournament finish that will improve their league standing. But to be honest, you knew already that first place was going to be Jay, second place was going to be Ed. Um, it was just, you know, positions three through 11 that people so were fighting over. A bit of a formality almost. Yeah, so you don't want it to be like that. But at the same time, what happens if you, in the first round and it's randomly paired off, you get, say the people that finish the league in second and third playing each other in the first round. And at the same time, you've got the people who finished um, 10th and 11th playing each other in the first round. So I suggested maybe you could do a seeding thing like they do with a lot of sports um, quarterfinals where you like the first tier person on the league table plays 12th and then you work it towards the middle. And then after that, it's um, random. Yeah. Or random. Okay. Yeah, Swiss, sorry. But then that makes it look like I'm defending my own interests. Well, no, I actually agree with you because if you've gone to enough league events, so obviously the, the way the league finale uh, works is 1 through 12 enters one final tournament, uh, 13 through 24 enters another final tournament. They're both going to run on the mm. same day, but they're going to be run by different people. Um, Jack will be there because he'll probably take part in one or the other, uh, mm-hmm. as a lot of people who have entered the league will. But he obviously can't run both events and play. So he will ask someone else to run one event and he will run the one that he's not playing in, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. I also agree that if you've been to, or if you've been, I say enough events, that doesn't really matter as long as you've played enough games to qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've qualified well and you've achieved a position where you're one to six, um, I agree, you should have some sort of seeding, whether it's first place, 12th second plays 11th, third plays 10th, mm-hmm. fourth plays 9th, etc, etc. I have no issue with that. I think that's something that Jack could definitely look at. He hasn't decided on the format yet, I don't believe. But, Has um, he decided on the points yet? No, because he wants it to be four games. That's the mm-hmm. issue. It's either four games of slightly higher points, but we finish later, which mm-hmm. for some people like yourself, who commute from a lot further away than I do, for me, I could play four 1200 point games and I'll still be home before a lot of people because I live 10 minutes Mm. away from the hut which is why I suggested 600 points because you could do a 600 point game in an hour 45 very easily yeah Um, I agree with that so Tom Hawker's comment is good talk guys it's always a good paint motivator listening to this podcast (laughs) maybe something to consider with your abandoned projects Uh, yeah I mean if I wasn't in Nine out of ten, I probably would listen to the pod more, but I've listened to the one that I wasn't in. Also, on the Bombadil Goldberry thing, 
they were at Articon this weekend representing uh, a large alliance. Uh, I didn't, however, get a chance to speak to the opponents of the person playing them about what they thought about them because I was too busy getting smashed up by my opponents. <laughs> Fair enough. Tom, by the way, shout out, with a Moomac, managed to get at least four. The first four games, he got four of his oaths out of four, which I thought oh, was just nice. amazing because I struggled to get the two that I did. So that was my aim for this year. Regardless of the number of wins, I wanted to get some oaths, which are like um, bonus points. So, for example, one of them is at the end of a game, have two terrain pieces which have got five or more of your models in base con. So when we did um, Heirlooms of Ages Past, and I deliberately started airdropping the relic counters into the forests, into the ruins... So yep. just like w when we get to the end game, I'm just going to have five guys there. But, um, and one of them was uh, reduce your opponent to 25%. So we played to the death. That's a great one to try that one out for. Yep. Um, one of them is cautious commanders. Don't let any of your guys, um, any of your heroes use any uh, fate or suffer any wounds, which with Lake Town is Ooh. next to bloody impossible. Yeah, that's um, a difficult one. Yes, yeah, so some easier ones that I managed to tick off. But Tom managed to sweep those. He was really good at them. Oh, um, nice. There was a guy on our team which was called the Large Alliance because we started with the East Anglia Hobbit team and ah. there's a, there were only three of us. So we uh, we invited in Harry Parkhill from the Entmoot podcast. We had Tanya T. Boone, uh, Treeborn, whatever the name is, from uh, Lincolnshire. And um, we had a French guy called San who was playing quite a thematic the journey of um, Frodo and his friends to Rivendell. So he, okay. had Gold, he had Goldbury and Tom Bombadil. I think he also had Gildor and Glorfindel, I think. And so, yeah, he had a situation where one of the hobbits dug up the heirloom and then yeah. he just put it in base contact with Tom Bombadil and said, right, you can't attack him now. Oh, that's we a little bit naughty, but yeah, fair. Yeah, which is going back to that whole, is, tw is 25 mils an inch, but... Whatever the TO didn't didn't tell him off for it. Fair. Uh, Totsmuk's awesome has commented. Lovely little ramble chat. Just to echo what Josh said about six hundred points. I think anything more than six fifty becomes a struggle in one day. All that mm -hmm. happens is you end up with multiple big heroes and or um, a massive hordes. Neither of mm -hmm. which add a great deal of tactical depth in his opinion, which is fair enough. Right. Okay. Uh, disagree, but. Fair enough. So that's the comments on the video. Um, mm -hmm. We did do a Facebook post. Um, so Sam Huddy has cheers to CJ for being a great doubles partner. 31st out of 96 teams and two wins in three games. Uh, mm -hmm. He then put shame Dane struggled so much with a win in the first game. Obviously, we have no yeah. context to that. <laughs> so perhaps you could. Yeah, uh, I'm, do I'm doing a vlog for the EHC podcast. I'm going to try and edit that. Um, on Sunday, um, oh, so nice. it's still relevant. But I, t I did interviews with people who were on the team and um, some recordings of the the games I played. So I'll be doing a proper little um, review of the tournament uh, okay. over the weekend. Some extra content for people to look forward to. All right, we won't delve into that question anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was followed that up with, oh, and I'm being stupid. Congrats to Josh on his recent engagement. Thank you very much. 
Uh, uh, I'll say thanks to Sam as well, um, mm-hmm. because um, we had a situation. He not only drove me and Tom all the way up to Manchester and back for Articon, but mm-hmm. um, he had a situation where I've just realised this is you I'm about to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's going to the doubles tournament this weekend. Oh, the one and, I can't go to now. Yeah, yeah. And then you couldn't go, and he said. He said to me, um, but I won't drop out. I'll still give you a place to stay overnight and I'll take you so that you and Kieran can play. So yeah. it's a very selfless gesture. Uh, and then, it's good lad. And then by uh, coincidence, Kieran uh, can't make it now either. So now me and Huddersfield are um, going up to play together. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, my work put me in a situation where it was either this weekend or next weekend. And I didn't want to drop out of um, Strider Cup. Cup. Yeah, so that's going to be good. I had to pick one, and I picked that one. Um, but enough. Sam was very understanding. And obviously, I just came back off holiday, and they were like, well, you've just had a holiday and work politics. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, James Wilson has asked, uh, despite the revised rules regarding magic, are there still spellcasters that are always worth taking? Uh, I believe we've discussed it, but yes. Uh, By and large, yeah. Kurdan and, Kurdan sh- and shamans. And shamans. And possibly, um, for me, the Mouth of Sauron, just because I love him. Because mm-hmm. um, he's still good and he's cheap. So Tom Hawker has commented, I'd just like to give a shout out to Master Samwise. I don't often get to praise him for his good work, but he shouted out, he sorted out, sorry, a place for us to stay for the duration of Articon. And also gave me and CJ a lift up. So I think he deserves a pat on the back and a thank you. Thank um, you, Sam. They had a little uh, interaction back and forth. Um, yeah, an old married couple, those two, honestly. But um, it's all good bands. So Jason asked me a question regarding the podcasts going up on different um, platforms, so actual podcast sites. And I don't know how to do that. And it's something that Jack was supposed to be sorting out but i think uh-huh. he's been busy so I, w- I will look at trying to get us onto soundcloud because i'm now when i'm around i'm doing the editing so mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and put it I, mean, where... I, I normally download the file and convert it to mp3 and it's probably quite easy to do it from there but i i don't know i've not looked into it myself so all right fair enough james richardson has but then if you're if you're happy to look into that siege that would be great no James Richardson has asked, or said rather, congratulations to me. Thank you, mate. Uh, he's put, what do you guys make of the new spells, uh, which we've already discussed, mm-hmm. and he's put, and heroic resolve. I found resolve uh-huh. is useful to force my opponents to think twice about who they target, but often they just target a different area. The spell has yeah. done its job, but it can feel like a waste slightly. Um, and then he's put, I've not really seen much of the new spells. Saruman's Fireball does look very good. I can't recall what other ones are new, but I'd be keen to see what you guys think. So I think we've covered the spell front anyway. So from yeah. that question, it would just be Heroic Resolve. Resolve yeah. um, um, I've only played against it once. Um, and What was the situation? First, so it was against Dan with the Legendary Legion. Uh, obviously he had Aragorn. So right. it didn't cost him anything to do it every turn. Yeah. And it did mean that I couldn't really target Aragorn because it was just pointless. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say that if it didn't stop the hero in question moving, you'd see it a lot more often. Right. But sacrificing, because, for example, Heroic Resolve is on 
Bard, it's on Aragorn, it's on uh, people that really you want to be fighting if at all possible. Yeah. I've got I've got Durberts in my uh, Moria lists, and to be honest, it's you know it gives you a little bit of protection. It gives you one dice to resist. If it gave you two, maybe you'd look at it a bit more, but. Derberts really needs the might for striking in that yep. list above everything else. So I've never run into it. I've never used it. Having said that, um, maybe it just takes somebody using it correctly to show me. I'd never run into anybody that used heroic challenge until a couple of days ago um, because now that's changed so that if you refuse, uh, you can't use your stand fast at all, um, even if the other model dies. Yeah, no, that's that's a, a really good change, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I think it's the right change. I think it makes sense, the change. I think it adds it adds something to that specific... Because I had never considered using it really before, because you spend a might point, unless it's with Shagrat, for instance, um, where you mm-hmm. potentially get a might point back later on. Yeah, uh, There's no downside to them going, nah, I'm all right, thanks. So, yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's um, that's all the questions from both. But there's a few questions on the f- episode previously that I don't think Jack and Dan saw last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to quickly go over those. Yeah. Um, the team spirit, which I believe is Sam, uh, yep. has put able to reach strength twelve. He's put. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Sauron with a maxed out heroic strength and the troll chieftain going two-handed also needs maxed out heroic strength and he put did okay. i win did he win uh no uh sauron is strength eight so max heroic strength will go up to 11 and a troll chief does not have um a hand and a half sword as far as i'm aware even if it did that doesn't increase its strength mm-hmm. um so the answer to the question was, for those of you keeping score at home, uh, Smaug is strength 9 and can do a heroic strength, so he could get up to strength 12. The other one is a little bit more obtuse, but it is a Wild Wag Chieftain uh, who is under Channeled Enraged Beast and has done heroic strength. They are the two profiles that could theoretically get to strength 12. There you go. I think um, I got Smaug, but I didn't yep. get the, the chief. So my question for this week is, which six heroes have <laughs> access to or come with a banner? I can think of five currently. Uh, is it a banner or a banner effect? No, an actual banner, because there's quite oh. a lot of heroes that count as a banner, but don't actually have one. How about what would you like the league finale in November to be? Points, number of games, knockout, or we've discussed that. Question yep. 38 What's the giveaway? Um, I haven't decided yet, but we're still 30 subscribers away. So mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I've got 30 subscribers to think of something fitting for 100 subscribers. Uh, question 39 What are your current painting projects? Currently, mm-hmm. I am working on. Uh, my very publicly now aware of Corsair Army. Uh, I am doing, I was doing a hobby vlog series for it, but um, I need them for events soon, and I haven't got enough time. And I've got to finish painting about twenty models after this today because it's my only day off now. So um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, after that, 
I have decided to pick up the um, the Goblin King throwing a goblin from this mail to, made to order. Um, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time working on my Goblin Town. Yeah, what did you think of the um, made to order and the um, news releases from Articon? So I really love the King of the Dead. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome. I think it's a really nice model. And going off the plastic Theoden that they released, um, which is also a very nice model, uh, I'm actually really excited to get that model. I do have a Dead of Dunharrow army, because everyone does now. Hmm. Um, but I, it's, I, I'll kind of use it when it's not as massively popular as it is. don't really like using what everyone's using, because it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's not as fun for me. But... I have the banner, I have six riders, I have you know, an amount of warriors, I have the, the old king model. So I'll definitely be picking up the king and the heralds. I think the heralds are also really nice. Uh, the mate order stuff, you had the metal orcs, I believe. Mm-hmm. You had the dwarf kings, the kings of men, the casualties, which is something I looked at getting the casualties, but it depends on the price. I'm not overly bothered about about them mm. if they're expensive. Money at the moment is a little bit... Uh, I have to sort of pick and choose hobby-wise what I'm buying at the moment. So yeah. uh, the Goblin King throwing a goblin is a model that I really wanted and I missed out on it last time because it just went. I didn't realise it was going, otherwise I would have picked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously when I saw that it was available on Saturday... I don't know when this is going to be out, but if it's, it'd be sometime this weekend. Uh, you have till the following Saturday to pick it up. So yeah, that's that's the model that uh, Katie's actually going to get me. Uh, and also, obviously, we had the is it Rohan at War? Yeah, or War in Rohan, uh, or whatever it's been titled, which I'm actually really looking forward to. I thought the Gondor at War book was really really good. We've had Legendary Legions in the previous two supplements, so it'd be interesting to see. Uh, the legendary legions that come out of that book and potentially mm-hmm. you know what we we had some we added some new models to some existing factions in gondor at war and the uh scouring of the shire so it'll be interesting to see what gets added for the isengard and the rohan and uh anything else that may or may not be in the book obviously i don't know so it'd be interesting to see what about you what was your thoughts my thoughts um yeah, the made-to-order stuff was largely leave it as opposed to take it. Maybe I get the casualties for conversion and terrain work, but yep. um, otherwise I might look at splitting a Dwarf King blister with somebody. At this point, the recording suddenly stopped working, so the sound quality has been slightly altered. Please enjoy the rest. The, uh, what are they called now? They're not Erebor. Kingdom of Khazad-dûm or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep, Kingdom of Khazad-dûm have one of them for that list and then um but otherwise i've got a really nice goblin king um i don't really need the kings of men or metal orcs or metal i feel a little bit sorry because um i sold two uh metal moria goblins uh to use as captains um and because they were oop um i was offered eight pounds for each of them and now they're about to come out as a four pack for ten pounds or whatever it's going to be so i feel a little bit sorry for the uh people i sold those to right that, that wasn't deliberate but oh, uh, well, you don't know what they're going to put on made to order it's not your mm, fault so 
Yes, I think I probably won't pick up any of the made-to-order models, but right. War in Rohan's uh, quite interesting. I'm not sure what other models for Rohan could come out now, because Gondor of War gave us quite a few new ones already. But if you get a Legendary Legion for maybe the Defenders of Helm's Deep, um, the Ugluck and Grishnak raiding party, this will all be interesting. Um, somebody put up a collage of photos of characters, inverted commas, um, for oh, I saw that. GBHL. Yeah. The wild man that swears an oath to Saruman, the goblin-y looking orc that gets decapitated, yeah. uh, Haleth, son of Hammer, saying, oh, all these things that could uh, become a profile, and then Rob Alderman underneath comments, hmm, some interesting theories here. So maybe there's a hint in those four words. That Maybe. we have to dissect. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think the Legendary Legions have all been very good in both books so far, so mm -hmm. be interesting to see what we get. Uh, it also depends on, I mean, Rohat or is it Warhim Rohan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could depend. They're not necessarily talking about current war in Rohan that we're all probably familiar with either you don't know how far back they're going to go we could see some really old stuff but it's all speculation i'm sure it'll be out before christmas so mm. what if we get a, a profile for helm hammerhand i mean that would be awesome wouldn't it it'd yeah be really, it'd be really cool and some uh some name dents we get quick beam and all of the other ones oh, i hadn't even I considered i hadn't even considered the ents yeah that would be awesome because they've I think it was either said at Articon or it was rumoured that Horns were going to get a profile. Oh, okay. So that'd okay. be good. So regarding the questions, we've covered them now. Tom actually mm -hmm. commented it on both videos and Tom Hawker uh, commented the Nature's Wrath one, which we already discussed. So that is all the questions. Um, I don't know if Jack's back next week. Um mm -hmm. And I don't know what my availability is regarding work, but I will try and sort something out with him or he'll sort something out with someone else or I'll sort something out with someone else. But we'll try and keep these um, these somewhat consistent weekly if we can. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Katie always tells me off for not plugging this at the start because if you've listened this far, thank you very much. But if you haven't and you've skipped off, you're not going to hear any of this anyway. But... It is YouTube, and I'll do the youtube thing one more time, probably every episode one more time, but regardless. Um, if you have listened to this far, uh, leave a comment saying War in Rohan, and I'll know what you're referring to. And um, any questions for next week's episode, or the next episode rather, because it may not be next week, uh, leave them down below. We also are going to do a Facebook post, because... I think if we don't do one, we don't get as much interaction as we do with both or or we get more on one, but we won't get any. Anyway, we're probably diluting the pool, but just leave comments <laughs> and questions when I do either or. Uh, like the video. Um, thank you to all the new people that have subscribed recently. We did jump up from like 55 to 70 in like a week, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we're 30 away from the giveaway. I don't know what it is yet. Uh... It'll be something. I think it'll be something quite cool, but I haven't. I need to speak to a couple of people, see if I can work something out. Um, 
comment, like, share it. CJ's going to look at getting it on SoundCloud so that you can just listen to the pod. You don't necessarily have to watch a YouTube video. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that within our podcast group. Um, and a big thank you to CJ for coming on and helping us out again. It's his second time on the podcast, I believe. I really enjoyed it, it thanks. Is it, is it the, yeah, it's the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so thank you to CJ for stepping in and becoming our editor um, when he's not at Articon. Jack put mm-hmm. the last one up because uh, CJ was obviously at Articon and having a good time uh, mm-hmm. and we just wanted to get something up to keep the consistency going. Um, and that's it. Anything you want to add, mate? I'm good, thank you. All right, cool. So thank you very much for listening. Comment, like, share, subscribe and we'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.